Hi, I'm Jan Foreman. Welcome to Daily Hope. Our reading today in 2 Kings 4 reminds me of the first time I visited the Grand Canyon as a seven-year-old. As I crept carefully toward the edge, stared into that massive abyss, my jaw dropped. I was speechless. The photos I had seen didn't begin to capture the massive size and amazing beauty. Well, in 2 Kings 4, we have four amazing stories about how big God is. This chapter will take you and me right to the edge of what we believe about God and what he can do for those he loves. Because each story enlarges our vision about God and his care for us. Our grand God can do wonders for us too. And all four stories are about God's people who are in great need. They faithfully serve the Lord, but bad things have happened, and life suddenly doesn't make any sense. But God shows up in miraculous ways through his prophet Elisha. Finally, see if these stories remind you of somebody who does even greater wonders for God's people. Now, the first story is about a poor widow of a prophet who can't pay her debts, and so her creditors are coming to take her two sons. That's all she has left. What a terrible crisis. But she knows where to go and what to do. She goes to God and the prophet Elisha, and Elisha asks her, tell me, what do you have in the house? And she replied, your servant has nothing there at all except a little oil. Elisha then gives her an unusual task. Go around, ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons and pour oil into all the jars until each is filled and put it to one side. The widow does exactly that and God begins to meet her need as she pours out in faith what little she has. It's a miracle. The few drops of oil are multiplied into many filled jars and she sells the oil to buy back her sons. Her extreme need is met by an extremely loving God. In contrast, the next story is about a wealthy woman. And she wants to give Elisha a place to rest when he comes to town, so she builds a room just for him. And yet, despite her material wealth, she's poor in one area. She doesn't have any children, and she's given up this hope. It's just too painful. So Elisha promises she will hold a baby by that time next year, and she does have a son who grows into a boy. But that's not the end of her story, because one day the boy grew very ill and tragically he dies in his mother's arms. But this courageous mom doesn't take this as the final answer, and she lays the boy on Elisha's bed, saddles a mule, and hurries to find the prophet. She won't settle for anything less than Elisha personally coming to her dead son. And this bereaved mother experiences an incredible miracle. Her son comes back to life. Another tragedy met by God's amazing love. The third story is about a group of hungry prophets who are experiencing a famine. So Elisha tells them to gather vegetables and herbs from the countryside to make a stew. But one prophet apparently does not have discernment about which plants are edible, and he throws a poisonous plant in the pot. So now their only meal is ruined as someone yells, there's death in the pot. So Elisha does a curious thing. He throws some flour into the broth, and the soup is instantly cured. Well, of course, we know that the flower was not the chemical agent that removed the toxins. It's that God honored his servants and gave them back their food miraculously. Our final story continues the theme of hum hunger. And in case you haven't guessed who all these stories point to, 
Let's read the actual words in verse 42. A man came bringing the man of God 20 loaves of barley bread baked from the first ripe grain along with some new heads of grain. Give it to the people to eat, Elisha said. How can I set this before a hundred men, his servant asked. But Elisha answered, Give it to the people to eat, for this is what the Lord says. They will eat and have some left over. Then he set it before them, and they ate and had some left over. Again, the real problem is hunger and scarcity, and Elisha, in faith, takes what little they have and miraculously multiplies it into a feast. This, of course, reminds us of Jesus. Jesus came to show us how great God is. Jesus also raised the dead. He miraculously healed and provided for God's people. And he's still alive and wants to lovingly intervene in your life and mine. So how big is my God? These four stories take me right to the edge of all my God limitations and leave me in awe of a God who sees my meager resources and makes them sufficient as I keep pouring out and sharing with others. A God who can heal the most toxic situation, whether it's a relationship or even a poisoned past. A God who raised Jesus from the dead and then shares that resurrection life with me and those I love and those I've lost. He's a Grand Canyon-sized God who deeply cares about my Grand Canyon-sized problems. So let's close with Paul's prayer in Ephesians 3, 17. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the saints, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know that this love surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. And I hope to see you Sunday for our gatherings at 9, 11, and 6, or join us online as we live stream our services. God bless you.